0: Welcome to the very first episode of the Wolf Originally it was Wolfpack Pod. I thought it was time for a change, a little rebrand. So now it is the Wolf Hope you guys like the name and the logo. But let's get into it. I'm really sick and tired of Lions fans just ripping on Jared Goff. I understand he's played poorly the last few games. But let's just look at it this way. Jared Goff. Season-wise. Not the last few games. His overall season. He is 6th in passing yards. In the NFL. 8th in touchdowns in the NFL. With 21. Passing yards he has 3,349. He is 89th in interceptions. With 10. He is 14th in QBR. 58.2. Face the Bears... Were his two worst games of the season. We don't play the Bears anymore. We're done. Now, let's go over Goff's stats week by week. And then you guys can yell at me and tell me that Hendon Hooker, a guy who hasn't taken a snap this season, including the preseason, should start. I, I just don't get it. But, anyways, Goff, week one 22 of 35, 62.9 completion percentage. 252 yards, one touchdown. Keep in mind, Chandler Jones wasn't there, and neither was Travis Kelsey. But regardless, still a good game by Goff. Week two against Seattle 28 of 35, 80%. 323 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Gets to Atlanta. 22 for 33, 66.7 percentage, 243 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Week 4, we're kind of seeing the trend here. Against Green Bay, 19 for 28, 68%, 210 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Against Carolina, I mean you should have a good game against Carolina, they're terrible. 20 for 28. So keep in mind, the first number that I'm saying is the completions. The second number is the attempts. And then when I say like 70 or something like that, that's the percentage, completion percentage. So anyways, against Carolina, 20 for 28, 71%, 36 yards passing. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. Then we go play Tampa in week six. 30 for 44. 68.2%. 353 yards passing. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. Against Baltimore. 33 for 53. 62%. 284 yards, one interception. He did not throw for a touchdown that week. That was his only week of the season he did not have a touchdown. Week 8 against the Raiders. He was 26 for 37, 70%, 272 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Against the Chargers, 23 for 33. 70% percentage, 333 yards, passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Here we go. We get to week 11 against the Bears. told you guys his two games, his worst two games of the season was against the Bears. 23 for 35, 66%. 236 yards passing, 2 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. Then we go to Green Bay. Again, second time. 29 for 44, 332 yards passing. The percentage was 66%. 2 touchdowns, 0 interceptions. Against New Orleans. 16 for 25, 64%. 213 yards passing, 2 touchdowns, no interceptions. Against the Bears in week 14. Arguably his worst game of the season. So. Week 11 he was. 23 of 35. Had a really. Decent. Percentage. 65.7. 236 yards. But the free interceptions. Is killer. Now. Now. That was his worst week of the season, is week 14. 20 for 35, 57.1 percentage, 161 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Guys, other than those two weeks, and you can add the Baltimore game in there, but we know what Baltimore is. We know what that defense is. Like, those three weeks... What else was bad? By Goff. I don't understand it. And you guys want to play someone who hasn't taken a snap. All preseason. We are in a playoff race. And I hear fans saying, Hey, let's start Hendon Hooker. Right after the game where Goff was terrible. I don't understand it, guys. Bridgewater, if Goff plays bad... Okay, I could understand that. But Goff, in my personal opinion, is starting the whole rest of the season. For the fans that want to start Bridgewater, that want to start Hooker, I don't get it. We are in a playoff race here. You stick with Goff. I just read all the stats. I'm not going to do it again. But other than those three weeks, including the Baltimore game... Tell me where Goff has looked bad. Tell me. Moving on here. I haven't really talked about the Shohei Ohtani deal. A lot of people have asked me, Giff, what do you think of it? Here's the thing. I have always viewed... That's what the team thinks about that player. Shohei Ohtani, in my personal opinion, I think he's worth $600 million... Not 700 I think 700 is absolutely crazy. But here's the thing that a lot of people are going to say. Gift, no one is worth $700 million. Okay, I understand that. That's your opinion. That's what the Dodgers think of Shohei Ohtani. You have to look at it as that's what the team thinks of Shohei. And if I'm a GM of the Dodgers, that's how much I'm paying Shohei Ohtani. Reason why is he can do both, and not a lot of people that I talk to really understand that. He's not going to pitch this year. But when you look at his stats, pitching-wise, he's arguably top 10 leaders every single year when he's pitching. He's one of the best hitters in baseball. Like, when you get a guy that can do both... It's insane. And he is going to one of the best organizations in baseball. If not the best. If you haven't looked at what the Dodgers are trying to do right now. If they get Tyler Glass now And Margot. That is a huge offseason. It already is a huge offseason for this Dodgers team. But you basically just make it even better. You get a left-handed bat in Shohei. Then you might be able to get another ace in Tyler Glass now. They need a right-handed outfielder. Excuse me, right-handed outfield bat. That's what I meant to say. In Margot. So if they do that, trade prospects for those two guys. It's a hell of an offseason for the Dodgers. But anyways... Hell of a move by the Dodgers. I'm not going to say that they're my choice to win the World Series, but I think they'll be the favorite. If they get Glass now and Margot, look out. Because you have Shohei, not this year, but next year in 2025, pitching. Then you have Bueller, hopefully he's healthy. Glass now. Kershaw, more than likely. I still think they have Gosling, And then Bobby Miller. It's a pretty damn good rotation right there. And okay. Hold on one second, guys. But yeah, like I was saying, it's a great rotation. The funny thing about this is, and I switching topics here. Like I said, Dodgers great offseason so far. Looking at every single contract in the MLB, the highest paid, we already know Shohei's number 1. He's making about 70 million a year. Then you have Trout, Mookie Betts, Judge, Machado, Lindor, Tatis, Harper, Stanton, Corey Seager, Cole. I went all the way down to the top 100 players. Juan Soto is not in there. He is not a top 100 player. So let me read all of these names and the total value in the AVV. And you guys will be shocked. And I'm going to get to the point here in a few minutes. Shohei, $700 million, makes. 70 A.V.V wise. So 70 million per year. But his whole contract situation got reduced. He wants the Dodgers to go out and sign some players. So I don't know if that changes anything. But yeah. Mike Trout. Who I think will get traded. I think he's going to get traded. I understand the Angels point of view. They don't want to trade him. But they should. He's played less games the past few years. He's gotten injured the past few years. And he's making $35 million. Now I understand it's Mike Trout. I completely understand that. But when I look at Mike Trout's point of view and the Angels' point of view Angels are getting younger. And it's time to rebuild. When you have a guy that has played probably, I don't know the exact number, but let's just say 90 games out of 162, and you're paying them $35 million. I don't know what else to tell you. You're not a team that's going to make the playoffs. They've needed pitching the past few years, haven't gotten it, and it's time to trade Trout, a guy that's making... $35 35 million dollars. There's never me. been a better time to get away. With a great deal on the Hyundai you've always wanted. It's your journey. Own every mile at the Hyundai Getaway okay. at the get Hyundai Getaway sales event. Now's the time to get in and get away. Okay, anyways, sorry about that. But yeah, Trout's making $426 million. That's his total value. I already talked about Shohei's. Mookie bets $365. His AVV is around $30.5 million per year. Judge, here's where things get interesting. So Judge is making $360 million, $40 million per year. Juan Soto, as of right now, he's got arbitration this year. Then he's a free agent next year, unrestricted free agent. Juan Soto, in my personal opinion, will be in the top 15 for contract, for total value. So, I don't know if he's going to be in the top 10. He should be, but I don't know if he's going to be. But yeah, I talked about Judge, then Machado, $350 million, 31 point. Let's make it $32 million. He's making about 31.8 million. Then you have Lindor, 341 million, making 34 million per year. Tatis, 340, makes about 24.2 million a year. Harper, 330 million, 25.3 a year. So I'm not gonna continue, but you know where I'm going. I'm just gonna drop the link down below in the comment section when I post this on the Facebook page. Remind me, guys. I do tend to forget. But then you have Stanton, Seeger, Cole, Devers, Turner, Bogarts, Arenado to round out the top 15. Then the weird one, Strasburg, who retired, Anthony Rendon, Austin Riley, Julio Rodriguez, Correa, Yelich, DeGrom, Wander Franco, and he's pretty much tied with Chris Bryant, both at 182 million. Dansby Swanson, that rounds out the top 25. Simeon, Nola, Matt Olson, Altuve, Carlos Rondon That's the top 30. He is tied with Brandon Nimmo at 162 million, along with Freddie Freeman. Then you have Springer at 150. Chris Sale at 145, Jose Ramirez, Corbin, Javier Baez, at 36, making 140 million. We already know about that. Same goes with Story. Barrios is making about 131 million. But guys, no, Juan Soto, at all. I thought that was really interesting that he is not. On that top 100 list. Anyways. We move on. I am not happy. With this Tigers organization. I'm not. So you're in. A weak division. You have the possibility of winning this division. Couple things though. Bieber might get traded. Season might get traded. And then the Twins lose one of their best pitchers in Sonny Gray. The only team that I see competing if the Tigers made moves, if they got a bat, is the Twins. That's it. That's the only team that I see and I say, you know what, that team's going to be good. The Guardians, I will throw in there, but... They're going to lose Class a They might lose Bieber. They might lose two key pitchers. Now, if that happens, the Twins are the only team that I see that stay in the Tigers' way. And this is only if the Tigers make moves. If they make moves. That's the key word, guys. Now, don't take this out of context and say, we'll give the Tigers could win the division right now. No, they couldn't. No, they couldn't. So, don't twist my words, but if the Tigers make moves, and everything that I just said happens with Cease getting traded, Class A getting traded, and Bieber getting traded, Tigers could win this division if they make moves. They need a bat, they need another pitcher in that rotation. So, I'm going to leave this up to you guys. A lot of people I've seen on social media say, well, gift they need a third baseman. All right. I think Veerling is in the third baseman. He can handle it. But I view Veerling as more of an outfielder. So, I'll give you the top third baseman in my eyes. You have Justin Turner who's probably going to be around $15 million per year. Mike Mustakis, whose AVV is going around $4 million. Josh Donaldson, Matt Chapman, and Longoria. Now, do you want a gold glove caliber for a baseman that doesn't really hit for a high average, but has some power? Do you want a guy that has been consistently good in Justin Turner. The first name that I was talking about was Matt Chapman, by the way. I'm sorry. Or do you want a guy that is going to be cheap, can play third base, but hasn't in years past, in Mike Moustakis? I mean, guys, it's just, who do you want? The one name that I could see Scott Harris being like, you know what? Let's get that guy. is Evan Longoria. Because Harris was with the Giants when Longoria was there. I could just see a reunion. But the one that I would like the Tigers to go out and get if they go out and do it is Justin Turner. Justin Turner has been that guy that's been pretty consistent. Had a good year for Boston last season. You know what you're getting. I mean, you could say Matt Chapman, but his average just a couple years has been low. Chapman would be number 2 for me. But Justin Turner, I just I think he would bring consistency to that lineup. Now, I don't know where you put them. If you want to put someone at third base, 162 games a year, then I would say, okay, Chapman. But if you need a bat right now, it's Turner. Just my opinion on that. All right? Now I'm going to hit you guys with a scenario here. I talked about who the Tigers should get. Yamamoto, Snell, Rosario, Soler, Hernandez. Now, that's high hopes. That's a little over the top for me. It's a little hit the panic button. But here is my scenario for you guys. Ray, thank you for the sub, bro. I appreciate that. I'm going to wait for that to go away. (laughs) It's still going. All right. Anyways. Try to talk over it okay thank you by the way so shortstop second baseman we need that right we want to get Javi just out of here what if we sign one of these three guys the, the Dodgers are stacked and I'll get to the Dodgers in a few minutes but anyways Three names. One's a shortstop. The other two are, excuse me, two are shortstops. The other one's a second baseman. Ahmed Rosario. 263 average, six homers, 58 RBIs, 683 OPS, 99 strikeouts in 142 games. He's only 28 years old. Keep that in mind. He played 142 games last year. Then you've got Whit Merrifield. 200, excuse me, 272 average, 11 homers, 67 R- RBIs, 700 OPS, 101 strikeouts, 145 games. So, even though Whit Merrifield had a better OPS in a couple more games played than Ahmed Rosario, I would rather have Rosario just because he's younger than have Whit Merrifield. I think Whit Murfield is 34 years old. I understand he can play second base. But here's why I don't want Whit Murfield. You could move Rosario to short, Baez to second, and you guys are going to be like, "Yep, yeah, that is the dumbest fan I've heard. Go look back in the World Baseball Classic when Baez was playing second base. He's more than capable of doing that. And you guys are going to be like, if he doesn't have enough time to get used to second base. He has more than enough time. He has spring training. And then... The regular season to do that. Ray, thank you for the gift itself, bro. I appreciate that. But yeah, he has more than enough time to get used to that position. And I just think that you could go... That direction... Or you could get Whitmerfield. Put him at second base. And then you have McKinstry or Abanez playing third or second or shortstop. So, A.J. Hinch, if one of those two moves falls in place, you got some decisions to make. The other name, And I think that this was just a possibility. This is the guy that I don't want the Tigers to sign. But he always has killed us. Tim Anderson. Had a down year, 245 average, one homer, 26 RBIs, 582 OBS, 122 strikeouts in 123 games. That is absolutely terrible. Tim Anderson almost had a strikeout per game. In 123 games. That is terrible. Not a Tim Anderson year. So I talked to you guys about the third baseman. And. Who I want. Talked to you guys about the shortstop situation. Now I'm going to move on to the Lions here. I talked about Jared Goff. But I want to talk about Brad Holmes. What are you doing? And a lot of you guys are going to be like, well, Brad Holmes is awesome. He's a god when it comes to getting players. He is. He is pretty good. He changed this Lions team around. Here's the thing that I don't understand. Marcus Peters. See ya. Ravens were like, alright, bye. Adama Kinsu. Sitting there, waiting for a team to sign him. Why haven't you gone out and got one of those guys? Guys, I'm going to be honest with you, and I've ripped on him time and time again. I just don't know how you view this and say to yourself, yeah, that was a pretty good signing. Cam Sutton, in my personal opinion, doesn't look like the Steelers' Cam Sutton. Now, he's had a couple good games, but... Lately, it's just like what the hell is going on? Like, you're supposed to be the shutdown corner. Now, and I've always viewed Cam Sutton. If you were to go out and get like a Patrick Surte, Cam Sutton would be CB2. Now I think Jacobs is a good corner three. I don't think he's a good corner two. He's not that guy. He really isn't. Now, my point being, they should have freaking, and they still can, go out and sign Marcus Peters. One year deal, $10 million or whatever the hell he wants. I would probably go eight. But yeah, I mean, he's on waivers, I believe. So, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But anyways, you get my point. Sue, you need him. I don't care. Oh, he's a bad human being. He stomps on people. Guys, There is bad human beings in the game of football. There is always that one crazy bastard in the game of football. You could say Tyreek Hill. You could say Ray Lewis. You could say Lawrence Taylor. I could go on and on, but you get my point. All right. If the guy helps your football team win games, that's all that matters. I don't care if he's a piece of shit human being. I don't care. I'm more worried on the field than off the field. Because if the result is, hey, that's a W, you make the playoffs, that's all I care about. Off the field, you're going to get people like that. I mean, look at Henry Ruggs. Just saying. You get where I'm going. But yeah, I mean, Sue would be the guy. You need a defensive tackle. McNeil's going to miss some time. James Houston's coming back. That's going to be huge for the Lions. But I look at Brad Holmes and I say to myself, you missed out on Chase Young. There was your opportunity. He goes to the 49ers. I mean, sweat we weren't going to offer that. That's just kind of ridiculous. The Bears made a good move by getting him. But now it's the decision of, are you going to get Depp In a position that matters. Now, I understand both those guys. Peters is a head case. Sue, a lot of people would say he's not a great human being. But I would say, hey, look, he helps this team win. And that's it. Goff is not injured. Goff is not injured, but the thing is Ray, After the game against the Bears... I was listening to local sports radio here and people were just ripping on golf, saying how we should start Hendon Hooker and pretty much Hendon Hooker was a guy that we drafted last year. I believe it was in the third round, second round. And the guy hasn't taken a snap. And that's including the preseason. And they want us to start him. Now, if you want to say 2024, okay, well, let's play that possibility. He would be okay. He'd be alright. But the team wouldn't be. I don't know what you're going to get out of Hendon Hooker. I don't know what he is. But I don't think they would make the playoffs. I think they would be, arguably, a 6-1 team. At best. If that's what happens. Jared Goff is your best option. I, I just don't understand why people want to start hooker. Now, extending Goff, I don't know. I just look at these free agency quarterbacks. There's Cousins, there's Baker. I mean, who are you going out in? <laughs> who are you going out to get? I don't know. Golf, in my opinion, is your best option. Just saying. Alright. There is bad people everywhere. There is. So I talked about the Lions. Talked about who the Tigers should go out and get. A name to watch for, in my personal opinion, is Jack Flaherty. I could see the Tigers going out, making a move. I talked about Flaherty when it was Wolfpack Pod. And I think that he would be... A good 4 5 in your rotation, but it's just what do they want to do? I like the Chafin move. Canna, okay, it's not a bad move, it's decent. Kenny Maeda, it's not a bad move either. talked about Maeda. Chafin, guys, in my personal opinion, is probably my favorite move of the Tigers offseason. Another lefty to pair with Tyler Holton in that bullpen. This bullpen, in my opinion, could be really good again. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, name to watch out for. Jack Flaherty. I don't know what Blake Snell's market's going to be, but a team that I would like to see Blake Snell go to is his hometown team, the Seattle Mariners. I would love that for baseball. In general. Anyways. Red Wings. I am so sick and tired of seeing Hossa in the net. Huso or whatever the hell his last name is. He allows three goals per game. Then you have Lyon who allows about two goals per game. Hossa, in my opinion, just hasn't looked good this season. And the Wings continue to go to him. It's going to be high scoring games. And I think the Wings need to go out and target a goalie. Maybe there's going to be one at the trade deadline. But that's what they need to do. Defensively. You guys know me. Mo Sider is my favorite Red Wings defenseman. By the way, he's a cool dude. So. I would say Wallman is the second best defenseman on this Wings team. Patrick Kane has looked really good. And I've talked about Patrick Kane off-air. And the thing with him is, if he can just be productive, this team's gonna go places. Patrick Kane has looked good. The one thing that absolutely just killed us is the Dylan Larkin injury. I don't know how long Larkin's gonna be out for. I haven't heard anything. But that is just killer. And... You know what? The Brinkets look good. Canes look good. So, we'll see how... Excuse me. We'll see how things go with this Wayne's team. But I'm very excited to see what this team can do. And I always talk to you guys about... We haven't had anything yet. We haven't had things to root for. This is probably... The first year in a long time that we've had multiple things to root for. Now, hopefully all things go well. Please, please let all things go well. I think the Lions go 11-6. and six. Just my personal opinion, guys. I hope that they prove me wrong and win every single game going forward. So you had the Lions to root for. You have the Wings to root for. Michigan to root for. Even though I'm a state fan. Hey, I'm rooting for Michigan. I don't care. All of those things right now, you have to root for. It's been a long time. So, my buddy who's in chat, Ray, is an Eagles fan. Here's the possibility for the Lions to make the playoffs. We have to beat the Broncos at home. Washington has to win. I think the commanders are playing the Rams. They have to win. Then the Eagles have to win for us to clinch a playoff spot. I don't want to wait at all. I don't even want to wait but it pains me because Matthew excuse me Matthew Stafford we have to root against now I always I have always been 50-50 with Stafford I've always had that you know what I hate him and I root for him I don't, like overall You gotta root for Stafford. In his career. But this is the time where I don't root for Stafford. At all. Can't root for him. Not this week. Nope. That's easy. I wouldn't say it's easy. Final games before playoffs. Let me pull up the schedule real quick. We play Saturday, which is really weird. But I like it. In my personal opinion. Because... Got a couple bowl games on, I believe. So give me one second. Where the hell are they? All right, Ray.